You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Psalm 38. We have a title or a heading for this one, as we've made mention each time just briefly. These uh, uh, headings of the Psalms are not taken to be inspired, but we know they are ancient. Uh, They at least go back to the Septuagint version. And so the Jews of near contemporary times to the Psalms would be familiar with them. This one, the Psalm of David, (coughs) it's about half of all the Psalms are ascribed to David directly. We think the majority of the uh, unattributed ones are his as well. This one, it says, is a memorial or a memorial offering. There's a couple of uh, other psalms that have this exact same type of heading, including another by David later in the same basic topic. It appears that this is David speaking about the sin and the effects uh, that uh, were with his sin with Bathsheba. This is a remembrance of his sin and a remembrance and calling before God what that was like. What we'll note is the... uh, terrible effects of sin on the mind of the body and in in every way. We'll also note the end, certainly, the uh, hope and the calling upon the Lord, uh, even though there is this uh, grief and sorrow and a recognition uh, of error. There are a couple of confessions of sin in this psalm. So we'll start with uh, a, a brief prayer. And then we'll have the complaint of of that which is wrong. Verse 9, turning toward heaven again, and then another tale of sorrow and woe because of sin. Another hopeful address interrupting that and uh, ending that in verse 15 with a third then uh, outcry of grief. So three times we go through this uh, periods of grief and each time, Uh, the psalmist David here turns to God, which is, that's the only way to do things now. We have in this world of woe, uh, we have sin that has beset us. We have sin that has come to us. We have sin that terribly affects us. And so what can we do? But take it to the Lord and ask his mercy, even while we know that he is dealing with these things. So verse one, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. So there's the prayer. Father, let your rebuke and let your discipline not be from anger. Of course, it is the Father's prerogative to chasten as He desires. Even human fathers, Hebrews 12 and 10, our fathers disciplined us as uh, seemed best to them. Well, the Heavenly Father also disciplines as seems best. Uh, Hebrews 12, 5, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, don't regard lightly the discipline of the Lord nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that we endure. God is treating you as sons. Well, but still, doesn't a child say, uh, when they know that uh, punishment is coming and the father is angry, doesn't the child say, go easy on me? Father, be gracious, go easy on me. I I know you're right to do as you wish, but go easy on me because your arrows, I've already taken... 
I've already taken the, uh, some punishment from you. I, I'm learning from this. Your arrows have sunk deep into me. Your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They're too heavy for me. My wounds, they stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All the day I go about mourning and my sides are filled with burning. There is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. This is a conscience that's deeply grieved. This is a person under uh, condemnation of God. This is a person who knows that they have done wrong and they have done evil. And so what can you do? Well, you can harden yourself and rebel or you can uh, fall down and humble yourself, which is what we see, thankfully, the psalmist doing and we all must. Verse 9, O Lord, all my longings is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. So he says, I know you see me. Lord up there, I know. I wish you wouldn't be so angry with me. I wish you wouldn't do this. I am, I am trying to get back to you. The poet once said, he takes the meanings of our tears and the language of our groans. Here is the psalm. Here is David, the psalmist. He is weeping and he is groaning. Again, we think about what he did with Bathsheba and with Uriah, the multitude of sins and the disgrace to the nation of Israel, the, the things that he did while sitting upon the throne of God as God's anointed. And we think, well, yeah, that's, he's getting what he deserved. And I don't think he'd argue with that. He's just saying, Lord, be gracious to me, and Lord, remember me, and Lord, still receive me, even as this goes on. Verse 10, the second of the complaints. My heart throbs, my strength fails, in the light of my eyes it's gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague. He's like Job here. My nearest of kin stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But I'm like a deaf man I do not hear, like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear, in whose mouth are no rebukes. So here's this sin has humbled him. He's got nothing to say. He just says, I'm being mistreated. I got to take it. And this is what sin does to us. This is what sin reduces us to. You think about the blessed man, the man after God's own heart, the anointed of God on the throne in Jerusalem and how joyful and how happy and what a spiritual life that should have been. And by sin, this is what he's been reduced to. Verse 16, for I say only, let them not rejoice over me who boast against me when my foot slips. The, the, the enemies love it when godly people fall. He says, let that, let that be quieted up. For I am ready to fall. My pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. At this point, what else could he be? Well, I guess he could be rebellious still. Some are. Under such condemnation and under such torments of conscience, some rage and do worse and further evil. But the godly man submits and says, 
I'm sorry. I've sinned. And at this point, what else could you do? He just says, don't let, let the enemies of God not have too much rejoicing. Verse 19, my foes are vigorous and they are mighty. And many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good and accuse me because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me, Lord of my salvation. So he's able to repudiate the slander of his enemies. He'd done enough and he knew it. He confessed it. But they're charging him with things he didn't do as well. You can defend your honor on points you didn't do, even as you confess the sin you have done. The thing we sometimes see in the world, though, is when people get over-accused or wrongly accused, they admit to no fault anywhere ever. And they just deny the thing that's overstated. They deny the thing that is clearly wrong. Well, you can do that, but also, like the psalmist, admitting to what you've done. And so there's a call to God. Help me. Don't forsake me. Don't be far from me. Make haste to help me. Come, O Lord, my salvation. We think about the closing book of the New Testament. Come, Lord Jesus. We think about this that helps close out the book of 1 Corinthians. O Lord, come. Or some translations, Marantha. Or Marinantha. We can ask, even in our sin, if we've repented if we have confessed even in our sin we can ask the lord to come we can ask for the lord to come be with us and come help us now it may be that he's not through disciplining us you can see that in this psalm because he'll discipline as he sees best but just because he's disciplining us doesn't mean he won't still come to help us right and better to be going through this difficulty of conscience and dealing with these sins rightly and forthrightly and effectively by confession than those who would hide it. And so here we have Psalm 38, kind of a a sad psalm for such a beautiful day. But this is what sin does. This is how sin affects us. And when we find ourselves in it, through Christ, going to God in confession and repentance is the only way to deal with it. And so here we have this instructive, if not sobering and sad, psalm. A memorial. A memorial of something David would probably rather forget, but glad that he didn't. And he brought it up before God in the right way. With that, we close and ask if anyone needs to come to Jesus for the same type of help and healing. If anyone needs to come confess him and to be baptized and added to him as well. We offer the invitations we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available online at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.